eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's talk some big questions for week three, next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Heath Cummings. And Heath, we're going to start with some big questions for week three. And I want to start with Cleveland's offense. We got Jerome Ford. By the time you're listening to this, those big fab bids will have gone through. And maybe as of Wednesday morning, we'll have found out how worthwhile they were because they did bring in Kareem Hunt for a workout and a visit on Tuesday. We don't know whether he's going to sign as of Tuesday afternoon. Question one, do you think Kareem Hunt is actually a a threat for Jerome Ford? And two, do you have much hope for this Cleveland offense based on what you've seen? I have a hope that Jerome Ford could be an RB2, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that Kareem Hunt would prevent him from doing that. I I think Hunt provides a much higher baseline for the team, especially in pass protection. Um, mm-hmm. And he might be a threat to like, it might turn out that something happens, one fumble or something, and all of a sudden Kareem Hunt's a threat in short yardage. So a slightly bigger threat. But I, I think if Jerome Ford does what Jerome Ford is capable of, Kareem Hunt's kind of aged out of that. Do you have any any hope for Deshaun Watson and, and the rest of this offense? Based on I don't senior? really. I, I saw an AP headline just now that was like, questions raised after Deshaun Watson has second straight bad start. And it's like two, eight, who's counting? I mean, he's been pretty dreadful since coming back from the suspension last year. Yeah. I mean, I I do think from what I've seen, there are still multiple throws per game, at least this year where it's like, Oh, there's Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So just a tiny bit of hope, but I've mostly given up on the idea that he's going to be the guy that he was in Houston. Um, I'm I'm like hoping for 80% of that guy right now. I think Amari Cooper can be a borderline number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't have much hope for Elijah Moore. And David Njoku falls into that low-end tight end one forever range. Um, he'll score somewhere around nine points a game probably. But no, I don't. Like the hopes that we had at the beginning of the season for this offense are mostly gone for me. Well, we'll, we'll move on to uh, another tight end in that hope for nine points range. Mm. And unfortunately that's Kyle Pitts yet again. Here we are. The Falcons actually did throw the ball 32 times last week, but I don't actually view that as a positive seeing as they threw the ball 14 times on 42 plays in the second half, despite trailing for all, but the final 57 seconds, 
Is Kyle Pitts just a touchdown or bust low end tight end one? Yeah. 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 He is. Um, I think as long as Arthur Smith's there, he will be. At the same time, and I just finished writing about this, I'm still not going to bench. I'm, I'm going to rank Hunter Henry ahead of Kyle Pitts, but if it's my team and I've got Kyle Pitts, I'm not going to make a, a roster move to add Hunter Henry to start over Kyle Pitts. I'm just going to keep starting him, and hopefully he'll score five touchdowns, and I'll enjoy those games. Yeah, the, the only guy who probably wasn't drafted who I'm ranking above Kyle Pitts this week is Sam Laporta. So Pitts is like tight end 10 or 11 for me, but yeah, it's pretty dreadful. Do you have any hope for Drake London or is it kind of just the same thing? I've got a little bit of hope for Drake London. Um, I do think that and I, I, the total number of plays and the total number of passes are going to normalize a little bit more. Um, I, I think Ritter probably averages 28 ish, 29 pass attempts the rest Mm -hmm. of the way. And so that a little bit of hope for both those guys, but it's, it's lower expectations again. All right. What are your expectations for Deandre Swift? Is he a must start running back in week three and beyond? If there's no Kenneth Gainwell, then yeah, I think he's maybe going to be a top five running back. Uh, If Kenneth Gainwell's back, that's going to be gut check time because I really, it's so hard to figure out my, my gut assumption is that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the lead running back if he's healthy. Uh, maybe just for one game, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't think they're going to rip it away from him because they really do value some of the stuff that he does. So I'll probably rank Swift as a low end number two and Gainwell as a high end fl- flex if they're both back. But it, that'll be one of the most inter- interesting things about Week Three. At the very least, I feel pretty confident that DeAndre Swift is going to get more than one carry. Yes, like he did in Week One. But yeah, I'm unsure whether he's going to be the RB one moving forward. I think he's got a pretty good chance. Maybe not in week three. Maybe they give Gainwell the the benefit of the doubt after the injury if he's back. But I agree with what you said. And last one. Do you expect week three to be when we start to see more of Brees Hall? We got the the squeaky wheel potential. He was complaining, said, well, I'll tell you why we lost. I only had four touches uh, in week two. Do you think that's the impetus to get him more involved? I don't know because I don't think this is a choice that they're making that they don't want Brees Hall involved. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a plan that they're following. And we I think we all were pretty surprised by how involved he was in week one. They pulled mm-hmm. back on that a little bit in week two. But I surely he knows that it's not because they don't think he's good. I think they're trying to protect him. Um, I would expect he's going to touch the ball between 10 and 13 times in week three. Um, he's good enough that he might take one of those to the house. But mm-hmm. I'd, he's more of a flex for me. DeAndre Swift ahead of him? In, I think, all circumstances, yeah. Jerome Ford ahead of him? Yep. Okay. That's going to do it for FFT and 5. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more starts and sits. We'll see you then. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.